A raucous trio of crows wheeled across the summer sky, their cries splitting the reverend's final prayers for everlasting peace to be granted to Emily Stollsmith. Division of Criminal Investigation Special Agent Cam Prescott surveyed the crowd at Des Moines' Bethel Cemetery and wondered how many of the 500-plus people packed inside its gates actually knew the deceased. From the looks of things, a full quarter of the mob was media. Sadly, Stallsmith would always be best known as the seventh victim of the Corn Belt Killers. It was inevitable that some airhead national news anchor would come up with a nickname for the trio that had robbed, raped, tortured, and killed at least 14 women. Just the thought of the cheesy moniker put a frown on Cam's face as he scanned the crowd. Seeing his expression, Sophie murmured, Do you think Vicki Baxter is here? If she is, the cameras we mounted will pick her up. Agents were scattered throughout the crowd, all of them armed with photos of Baxter. Cam slanted a glance at the woman by his side. You don't believe she'd come, even if she's still in the vicinity. She looked pensive. I don't have reason to, no. She lacks the ego of Mason Vance, the mental illness of her son. Sonny Baxter was the one to fixate on the victims after he'd killed them. His mother is much more calculating. As soon as they were dead, I think the victims ceased to exist for her. It would be hard to discount her words, even if he wanted to. Dr. Sophia Channing was the forensic psychologist who had worked with DCI on the case almost from the beginning. She'd narrowly avoided becoming another victim when she'd been kidnapped by Mason Vance nearly six weeks earlier. It was Sophie who had predicted the second killer's mental instability, even before they'd had the evidence of it. I skittered down his spine at the memory of how close she'd come to dying at Vance's hands. He'd almost lost her then. That thought was never very far from his mind. And although the bruises on her refined features had faded, and she no longer wore the splint on her wrist, he knew there'd be less visible scars from the ordeal that persisted. He'd experienced for himself just how long the effects of traumatic stress could linger. And while she was a psychologist, it was a hell of a lot different counseling patients with PTSD than it was grappling with it yourself. Recognizing that made him cautious, even as a primitive sense of protectiveness had him keeping her close. They'd known each other professionally for years, had first been lovers for twelve glorious days in May. She'd kicked him to the curb shortly before this case had brought them back together again, platonically this time, at least at first. The idea of platonic had been blown to bits the moment he'd learned a madman had kidnapped her. Somehow Sophie had ignited a hunger in him that he'd yet to assuage. He was beginning to believe he never would. She leaned into him a bit, tipping her face up to his. Vance is in jail awaiting trial. Sonny Baxter is dead, and his mother had every reason to flee the state. There's nothing left here except for her eventual capture. I know it's second nature for you to be suspicious, but two out of the three killers are accounted for. You can start to breathe a little easier any time now.